Welcome, Bird Gang. We reported. We passed our run test. We're ready for training camp. Okay, maybe there was no running involved, but we are here at State Farm Stadium. It's Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. On today's show, Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. They're also here, but Larry Fitzgerald is not. Also, it's become quite clear there is a singular focus among the players, playoffs. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 445, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So it is good to be back, and I'll say this, MJ, our location here for Cardinals training camp powered by Cox in 2021, much different than in years past. I'm liking this Loft 301 setup here as opposed to, well, downstairs where you don't get to see anything. Even this is much better than the press box. I, yeah. I can get used to this. I can get used to this on game day. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you're, yes. As we sit here at about uh, what about the 40, 45 yard line, the field not all the way in. So you're probably, uh, yeah, this this is good. Uh, we might have to make some uh, arrangements to uh, on game day. Just you know, do pregame and postgame from here. I mean, why not? Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. All right, let's let's get into it because as we speak, yes, training camp has arrived as we have as well here at State Farm Stadium. And I will say this, as we discussed earlier this week on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, our top storylines. And number one for me outside of COVID-19, but number one was the fact that there was going to be no Larry Fitzgerald. And I'll give the media credit. It took the 10th question before it was asked to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. 10th question. 10th question. Now, based on Kingsbury's answers, we'll get into some of the things he was quoted on, is you could see that he knew it was coming, and he's probably tired of talking about it. Just a little bit. As he said, the ball's in his court, talking about Larry Fitzgerald. And the bottom line is we've said this from day one, and I'm still – it, it, it's mind-boggling that here we are at the end of July with no decision. But you've been very consistent. If Fitz wants to play, he'll play for the Arizona Cardinals. If he doesn't want to play, then he won't play. But I don't see him playing for anyone else, and there will be a spot open. Kingsbury made that very clear. If Fitz wants to play, there will be a roster spot made available to number 11. And, you know, Basically, after the season, Cliff said Larry's going to take as much time as he needs, paraphrasing he's earned it. Um, he'll be ready when he's ready to make a decision. But we've maintained all along that he's been, he, he has an, um, a contract, uh, or in this case, he's to a point where they want him to bring him back. Now, you know, Cliff did also mention that the wide receiver position in, is deeper than probably last year, which on paper it is. But uh, we've known all along that. He's been welcomed back here. I mean, it came out yesterday because now the ball's in his court. And, again, I don't know if we're going to have any decision from Larry Fitzgerald. No, and at this point, you know, 
you hate to say we move on, but we move on. I mean, the team can't wait. They've made a number of decisions within the wide receiver room as far as the signing of free agent A.J. Green, the drafting of Rondell Moore. So this team is prepared to move on without Larry Fitzgerald, and that's perfectly fine because it was going to happen sooner or later, and we know here is whether or not there will be another season with 11 wearing a Cardinals uniform that we were in the later stages of Fitz's career because we've done this cat and mouse game now for the last handful of seasons and along those lines I mean I you know the fact that you know Larry wasn't here and it was a big deal I mean we're so used to him being at the run test and you know usually he's available the first couple days of training camp and he gets the questions out of the way and then we don't really talk to him maybe uh, before the season starts we normally talk to him on you know Wednesdays during the season so yeah I mean I think a lot of people um think that maybe he's going to show up at some point in time and I just don't know that I I don't have those conversations with him I would never ask him that stuff it's just not you know our relationship but uh, at this point in time it's it's you know it's full goal with the roster they have and so um, Larry will make a decision when he needs to or wants to and at that point in time we know that the Cardinals would like to have him back under, I guess, certain circumstances, which would be the salary. It was good to see both Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks in attendance during the run test. They have reported to training camp, and that was the other big storyline that we were following, what was going to happen with those two players given what had transpired in the offseason. Jordan Hicks reportedly given permission to seek a trade. Chandler Jones reportedly asking for a trade. Have not heard from either one of those players as of now as far as as we speak here and on Wednesday but certainly at some point I do believe we will hear from both Chandler and Jordan coming out of their mouths but at this point I mean look there was they had neither one of them had any leverage whatsoever and if they want to be a part of the Arizona Cardinals there's a spot for both of them especially Chandler Jones yeah and we're going to get a chance to talk to Vance Joseph I think a little bit later in the week you know obviously he's got a role for both of those guys obviously Chandler's going to be a starter and you know, you just look at the depth behind Collins and Simmons, and the, to me, there's a hole right there, and that's where Jordan Hicks' experience can come in. Not saying he's going to be a three-down uh, linebacker covering guys in the open field. He may bring him in. And, you know, is Collins going to play every single snap? Now, according to the Cardinals, he's a three-down linebacker. Is Isaiah Simmons going to play every single snap? Buda Baker playing every snap? We know J.J. Watt. Um, we're interested and curious to see what his snap count's going to be. So, yeah, and Chandler looked good. You know, I, I've been – you know, banging the drum last year, I thought he was a little heavy coming into camp. Uh, maybe it was because of the off season, where this year they were able to go to the facility and work out. And he's going into the final year of his contract. But he was in great shape yesterday, and he did the conditioning test, and he was smiling in good spirits. So, again, I, once you get here, you're part of it. And this is where you lay the groundwork when it comes to the trust and building relationships. Of course, he's familiar with a lot of these guys on the roster, but there are some new faces um, but I think he's in a good spot, and whether the Cardinals decide to reward him with a contract extension, I think right now the focus is how does he return from the injury, and he's going to be 32 in February, and you know I'm sure he wants a contract extension just from a security standpoint, but if I'm the Cardinals, I don't know what the hurry is. No, and especially coming off an injury like he had a year ago. Now, it was a biceps injury. It wasn't a knee injury or an ankle. So, And as we've seen, he's posted a number of different pictures and video on his social media accounts. So to your point, he does look very good. I like the fact that Cliff Kingsbury described Chandler Jones as, quote, jovial 
and we all, all know Chandler's personality and you know what he always you know what, what what gets reported versus who Chandler Jones is as a person at least what we get to see of him jovial I think is is, is a pretty apt description because he was all smiles he was bouncing around he was uh, you know handshakes and hugs to everyone he saw fist bumps so it was good to see him because I do think if you have a healthy Chandler Jones and you pair him up with the JJ Watt you get that pass rush then all of a sudden it becomes much easier on the back end you're not asking as much out of the secondary and the injury to Chandler Jones I did think you know as well as the defense played last season without Chandler Jones as far as getting to the quarterback you know as I mentioned before you can't count on that year in and year out that's too difficult of a task for any defensive coordinator because the roster is always turning over you want one guy you want to be able to count on one guy and for the Cardinals since he arrived in 2016 Chandler Jones has been that guy now he might have the best help he's had apologies to Marcus Golden but with J.J. Watt now all of a sudden you've got bookends and as we've heard from our colleague Bertram Berry on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, he wants to see Chandler and J.J. on opposite sides as opposed to maybe stacking the deck on one particular side. And I think we're going to see the Cardinals move around both Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. I mean, if you're going against an all-pro guard or center and not saying he can win that matchup, but if you got a, a right tackle that maybe has only been in the league a year or two, that's a good observation you had because when Chandler Jones stepped on the field here, he went over and gave a hug to Steve Kime. He went over here, hugged Cliff Kingsbury, Billy Davis, Vance Joseph, and clearly, I mean, he's been, he was in the building, but clearly he wasn't there for the uh, the mandatory minicamp or some of the OTAs. So it was good to see that. And so he's here to play football. I mean, he's betting on himself, put up big numbers. Now, the last time that Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones were together before they made the trade, because um, they didn't play together last year, the reason why they went out and got Marcus Golden because Chandler Jones went down is – Marcus Golden had 12 and a half sacks, and Chandler, I want to say, had 10. Now, I think those numbers can fluctuate. Is J.J. Watt more of a seven and a half sack guy? Is he nine? Uh, and the re- you re- you bring up a good point, though, because Reddick had what 12 and a half? Correct. And then uh, Dennis Gardeck, seven and a half. I believe that was uh, the numbers from last okay, season. So yeah, 12 you, and a half and seven for Gardeck. So seven. So you went by committee last year, where you take away those sacks. That's where Chandler Jones only had one sack in five games. He can get you 16 to 18 if he's able to play every single down or the majority of the snaps. So I think that's what they're banking on. And like you said, every team has one guy that can get to the quarterback. Now you you look at, you know, when Gardick returns and you look at uh, Marcus Golden, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see Simmons blitz at some point. Now you've got some pass rushers, and if you can control the line of scrimmage with J.J. Watt and Jordan Phillips. Last season, the Cardinals tied for fourth most sacks with 48, but a league-high 18 players recorded at least one sack, and they had 12 different players record two or more sacks. That's That, that was the X's and O's of Vance Joseph because you did not have a Chandler Jones. I don't need to have 18 different players record a sack. To your point, if you got Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, maybe even a little Devon Kennard, J.J. Watt, Jordan Phillips inside, then you've got four legitimate pass rushers, and then whoever comes up from the linebacker, you know, the inside linebacker or the secondary. I, I like where this team stands on paper. Now, obviously, we need to see it come out on Sundays. Exactly. But if you, if you just look at where they were a year ago at this time compared to what they have, 
I mean, I think they they have more options now. I mean, they're, last year, you know, Tanner Vallejo's on the field because Jordan Hicks was hurt. Isaiah Simmons, you know, fortunate enough, he was on the field against the Seattle Seahawks where he got that pick. He was able to read coverage. So this year, I mean, when you look at the outside linebackers, healthy Kennard, no COVID. Marcus Golden, you can pencil him in for 17 games. And then you look at Chandler Jones, hopefully 17 games. So I think they'll have a better rotation. And then depending on Gardick returning, you know, he's not going to play a ton of snaps. He played 93 snaps last year, had seven sacks. He had tackle for losses. And he's a guy that probably when you break the huddle and you look, at he's undersized. But now you can you – can, I wouldn't say you can junk it up, but you, there, you have options now to rush the quarterback and still have coverage in the secondary. Here's what Kingsbury had to say about Chandler Jones. Quote, we felt like we missed him last year when he was injured. He brings such a presence in the locker room on the field that we get him back and having him rolling again is going to be big for us, end quote. And everyone from the head coach to the players that spoke so far this week, Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk, they understand that what happens in the offseason, what happens off the field, does not affect what happens on the field. And I'm talking about the contracts and the reported request for a trade. That's just part of the business of the National Football League. But when you step between those white lines, there is a different mindset. Then all of a sudden it's about your job, what you can help this team do on defense and overall. So I do not think that this is going to be a distraction. I'll say the same thing about Jordan Hicks. I don't think this is going to be a distraction either because both players are professional and both players understand that, you know, if you make it difficult or you make a stink, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, maybe you do find yourself on the outs, but there's no guarantee that the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, listen, I, ever since the Cardinals signed Jordan Hicks and he became a captain, again, the last couple of years maybe didn't have the right uh, rush defense to where he was making tackles four or five yards past the line of scrimmage. It was a mismatch when Campbell went down and he's had to cover tight ends. But to me, I'm sure he's looking forward to competition. I mean, you got a, you got a rookie in Collins who they penciled in as a starter. We know Simmons is a guy that can do multiple things. So, to me, I, I like the fact that he can be your first guy coming in versus Turner or Vallejo. So, I, you know, I think he's going to try to earn some playing time. But competition is a good thing. Bring out, And I just think he's a true pro, so I think he's willing to help Simmons like he did last year, and I think he's willing to help Collins this year. And you got to have continuity in that room. You're rooting for all for each other, even though they're trying to get the most playing time. Kingsbury did say Hicks, quote, is going to come in and compete his tail off, end quote. Now, I I mentioned earlier on the Cardinals Red Sea Report when those quotes uh, came about at the end of our show this week that I was like, okay, well, what's he competing for? Because I am curious, MJ, that you have from day one and Cardinals flight plan, we saw it. General Manager Steve Kahn, once that pick was made, and we joked that it was like pointing directly at me, because day one starter, talking about Zayvon Collins. Yet what happens here over the next several weeks and you're competing, and I use air quotes, and all of a sudden Jordan Hicks is proving to be a little bit ahead or maybe a lot ahead of a Zayvon Collins. What does this team do? Is it prepared to make that switch? Because that was, for me, the the trouble with going out so far as to say he's our day one starter because – he hasn't earned anything talking about Zayvon Collins. And that, to me, is a concern. Why put so much pressure on a young player who's, yes, very talented, but he's never done it at this level as opposed to Jordan Hicks, who's got two years under his belt within this defense, and all of a sudden maybe it's a slower transition from Hicks to Collins as opposed to right out of the gate. They feel that they feel that high on him. I mean, they, 
They thought he was one of the better defensive players in the draft, like Simmons last year. So, listen, uh, when it, let's get, let's talk to about Hicks. Everyone on the team wants to know their role. So, is, you see the next man up at inside linebacker. I mean, injuries do happen. So, he'll find a role on this team. And again, what that role is, I don't think it's going to be a full-time player. Um, you know. I understand what the Cardinals are doing. You, you drafted a guy eighth overall last year, and they kind of wanted to, you know, slow play him. But unfortunately, they had to move him around a little bit. And then you draft a guy at 16, and, and they feel like that's the trend in the league now. You got to have these athletic inside linebackers that can go from sideline to sideline. You know, I, I wonder what the questions were about Patrick Willis and um, and Navarro Bowman when they arrived. I mean, how long did it take Devin White and Levante David to kind of come the come on uh, together and under Todd Bowles. And then you, you look at, you know, some other teams, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. I mean, those guys were a little bit older in their career. So, and, and Vance has already told us, there's going to be yes. mistakes. There's going to be growing pains. You just hope those mistakes may happen early in the season in the month of September. They don't happen again in October, November, and December. Otherwise, you have to get more experience on the field. I just hope that those mistakes aren't costly mistakes or that are so huge that all of a sudden in September where there's a learning curve that those mistakes are costing you wins because it was just one win last season that kept this team out of the postseason. And you're exactly right. Let's say he, he gets the call from the sidelines and all of a sudden the formation changes and he make, he changes the call. Now, you would think a guy like Buda Baker with the experience in the defense or um, maybe a guy like Chandler Jones can say, all right, this is the way we need to line up. You make the wrong call and they see a gap and next thing you know a five-yard run becomes a 40-yard run. That's where you you got to cut down on those big plays. In other words, keep everything in front of you. But if he makes a call and they notice something different and there's a sliver or you know a crease there, all of a sudden a big play, that's where you need to have experience out there. And he's only going to get better by being on the field, and that's why I think it's imperative that he plays in a couple preseason games. Well, and that's, to your point, the difference between Isaiah Simmons last year versus Avon Collins this year is OTA's mini camp and a full training camp and three preseason games as opposed to Isaiah Simmons, who had none of that last season, was basically week one on the field, and we know he was exploited by – uh, the 49ers on that uh, touchdown early in the contest, and then we didn't see Simmons for a little while. So any rep that Collins gets now is only going to benefit him come September 12th. And I think he's got enough veteran presence out there between J.J. Watt. I don't know how vocal Jordan Phillips is, a, more a guy that's going to try to you know, crash the pile and tackle for losses and hit the quarterback. you got Chandler out there. So – you know, I think he's got enough veteran guys, you know, maybe the first couple of possessions they come off the field and say, "Have you? what are you seeing? Because Bertrand Berry's always talked about your eyes. Your eyes have to be in the right spot. You, and if you're looking at the quarterback all the time, that's not going to be the good thing. Where are your eyes? So maybe, you know, after a couple of possessions. But I think they got enough veteran guys. Uh, not so much J.J. He hasn't been in the system, but he's played with fans in a similar system in Houston. So I think there's going to be a little carryover to where – if a veteran sees something, he can help the young guy. 
last point on Collins and Simmons as we continue here. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, we have reported to Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. We are here at State Farm Stadium and will be for the duration of training camp. It's always good to get out of the office. And, of course, as we talked about, our uh, view here from Loft 301 is uh, pretty good. Uh, just uh, look, need to need to make some phone calls, MJ. You've got uh, the stroke here to uh, make sure that this might be our, uh, our our home away from home, if you will, come the regular season. I think some fans and season ticket holders and loft holders are going to be sitting here and we'll be in the press box. By the way, did you catch this? NFL.com talking about the two young inside linebackers. Lance Zerline, who is big with the draft, listed his top 10 NFL defensive rookie of the year candidates, and he had Collins in at number five behind Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Jamin Davis, and Micah Parsons, the latter of whom is number one. And I think there's a lot of people that believe Parsons could be the guy this year. But a top ten candidate for defensive rookie of the year. And I think a lot of it is because he's going to play a lot this year. And he should fill up the stat sheet. Again, you hope those tackles are at the line of scrimmage or one or two yards, you know, not a four or five yards past the line. Yeah, last year I think it was a shoe-in that Chase Young was going to win. It's just based – usually if you get a guy that's a pass rusher and, and a guy like Chase Young played pretty much every down and he won the rookie of the year, I don't know if there's one guy this year that you could say, oh, he's going to win it just based on him rushing the passer. But some of the guys you mentioned are, are guys on the outside where Collins is going to get a chance to get a lot of tackles, hopefully some tip balls and some interceptions based on them getting pressure up front. Yeah, Collins could really fill up the statute. It might not be overwhelming numbers across the board, but he will fill every single category. Tackles, tackle for losses, maybe even a sack or two. And then maybe the interceptions, the forced fumbles, the fumble recoveries. I mean, he literally could have at least one or two in every single defensive category. Again, he, he's going to have help. Um, I don't know. You know, it's going to be hard to have a forced fumble or a fumble recovery every single week. I know what you're saying, though. There, he, he, he'll do. He'll have, fill out the statue a little bit different than your normal inside linebacker because he, he's going to play – one position, and he's going to allow the other guys around him to make plays, and that's where he'll be able to come in and scoop up, uh, similar to what we've seen some of these uh, inside linebackers have done over the years. Also from NFL.com, Cynthia Freeland, the uh, analytics expert, projected her most improved player on each NFC team. And for the Cardinals, she singled out Isaiah Simmons. And I've heard her on the NFL Network talk about this a few times this offseason, so this is nothing new for her. But this is what she wrote, quote, This projection is fueled by later season progress, perhaps suggesting the lack of regular camp and preseason games last year initially stunted his growth. With a season under Simmons' belt and a real offseason in which to learn, I can't wait to see how the Swiss Army Knife performs in this defense alongside Buda Baker. And that is something we discussed earlier as far as having a full offseason and now a full season under his belt. Isaiah Simmons, I think that light bulb went on on Sunday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. He only played, it was his fifth defensive snap when he picked off Russell Wilson in overtime. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can do this at this level. And I think he understands what it takes now. And it's always a little bit of an eye-opener going from college to the pros, even coming from a big-time program of Clemson. And I think Simmons is poised to have a breakout season, if you will. But, you know, the, the, on the flip side is there's nowhere to go but up for him considering what he did or did not do last season. 
you know, normally you see guys make a jump from year one to two, and you, you got to put an asterisk there because they didn't have an off season. And then we talk about quarterbacks making the jump from year two to three. But I don't know if it's the number. He went from 48 to number nine. Um, he, he, to me, he's got his swag back like he, you saw in college. He's comfortable. He's confident. He's he's mingling with his teammates. So I think he's in a good spot. And and now the fact that they got Collins next to him, getting Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, you know, he should be able to make plays in this defense. And that's what they're asking for. I mean, he should be all over the field when it comes to their defense. And when we ter- heard from Simmons this offseason, he was very open and honest. Quote, last year was a little rough. And then he mentioned that he's never going to make any excuse for anything that did happen but I do think it was a learning experience for him and I'm excited to see what he can do because you pair the two pretty trees if you will that has been described of those two but you're talking about six five six four and all of a sudden quarterbacks have to throw a little bit higher over the outstretched arms of those two and I do think you'll see Vance Joseph utilize both of them in a number of different ways but home base is going to be inside linebacker for both yeah I don't want to put too much pressure on those guys I I like to look at this front seven defense because they can't do it alone it all starts up front and that's where J.J. Watt and we'll see who's at nose tackle um, they got a good little rotation there with Lucky Foe, too, and Rashard Lawrence. Xavier Williams is back, and then you got Phillips. So that's where it all starts. When I look at the front seven, that's – I mean, you can't just rely on those two linebackers. Those guys got to do their job up front, and then hopefully you get some pass rush from the outside, and that's where they can get some tip balls and tackles or possibly interceptions. So to me, when I look at the two linebackers, I got to look at the front seven because that's going to dictate how effective those guys will be. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai. We have reported to Cardinals training camp powered by Cox here at State Farm Stadium as we continue here. We did have an opportunity here from a couple of players so far, and that being Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk, and you listen to both of those, and I think we're going to hear a lot of the same from any player that we speak to during training camp, and that is the singular focus of everyone in that locker room, whether it's a coach, an assistant, or a player, and that is postseason. This team is focused on getting into the playoff picture. Uh, Or not just the picture, I'm getting into the playoff race couple things. We'll, we'll talk about Kirk's comments, but one thing that stuck out from Chase Edmonds, he said we really didn't have an identity last year. And clearly in the second half teams kind of figured maybe the offense was predictable or, you know, maybe because Kyler was ailing with some injuries or just some bumps and bruises. And I always thought when Cliff answered that question, it was about tempo, physicality, and, and finishing. And we know they didn't finish. So that's important. These guys want to know what's their identity of the offense going in. Well, I got to think, run the football, play action, take some shots down the field, but you want to win at the line of scrimmage. So I thought it was interesting about the identity of this offense. This is year number three. I think we know the identity of the offense. 11 and 12 personnel, which sprinkled with uh, 10 personnel. And when they go to their four-minute offense, you got to think that James Conner is going to be on the field if this team can ever get a lead. So it's interesting to say about identity. And Chase knows his role. He's willing to accept his role, and he knows it's going to be a good one-two punch with him and James Conner. Yeah, that is going to be fun to watch those two, whether they share the backfield or share the football field with one in the backfield, one lined up as a slot receiver. But I think you're going to see a lot of both Edmonds and James Conner. And I think Edmonds had the line or the statements of camp to date about last season, quote, we folded. 
point blank period we got to be better and he's talking about how this season or last season ended with the back-to-back losses to the 49ers and to the Rams the uh, the, the the home loss to San Francisco certainly inexcusable and just maybe some bad luck in Los Angeles when Kyler Murray went down. But this team has to finish off seasons. You talk about finishing games, but finish off seasons, and that's the one thing that this team has not been able to do under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Last year, 3-6 and six after the bye, 2-4 and four post-Thanksgiving. That can't happen, especially if you want to be a postseason team. Well, you know, you, you, you got to avoid losing streaks. You can't go on a three-game losing streak in this league, and it's tough because usually you have one or two games at home or one and two on the roads, but you got to avoid losing streaks. And we know how disappointed and upset we were the Monday after the season. Here's a player. Imagine what they went through because they, they, they started feeling and tasting the postseason. You know, we were talking about seeding at some point last year. You know, they, you know clearly – with Seattle winning 12 games, you're just hoping to get in. And that was between them and the Bears and the Vikings. So uh, you could tell the play, it affected the players, and maybe they use it as motivation. We, we can't focus on the past. you got to look ahead. But I, I like the fact that he you know, he talked about the, how they folded, and that should be motivation going into this season. Yeah, it is going to be something that is brought up a lot, the start to last year and the finish to last year in which this team won just two games after beating the Buffalo Bills on the Hill Murray, the high point of the season. We didn't know it at the time, but it went downhill from there, unfortunately. And the Cardinals had a number of chances to get into the postseason and unable to get through that door. Christian Kirk brought it up as well, that the team's goal, quote, is to shoot for nothing less than make a playoff push. And I'll even go further that it's a playoff push, but getting through that door and being among those seven teams that's competing in January for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was also interesting. Christian Kirk was asked about Larry Fitzgerald just because they shared a locker next to each other, and Trent Sherfield was there for a while too. Yeah, he said it was a lot different, but, um, you know, he said he was able to learn a lot of things from Larry in the last four years and not even just so much football but off the field, how do you present yourself being a professional. And Christian Kirk, I, I like his attitude going into camp. He knows it's going to be a big year for him. Um, he's got a guy like Rondell Moore uh, competing with him, but I think Kirk has earned the trust of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury in the offense where he's going to be a big part of this offense. Yes, he may, may get the most targets, but I do think if you want to spread the ball around and use your second or third option, Kirk is going to be a viable option. It's a contract year for him. He was asked about that. He's very aware of what his situation is, but I don't see – you know, following his career, going all the way back to high school days, it's got still Saguaro. I don't think, you know, he's he's a self-motivated individual, and much like a lot of professional athletes, they're not expecting, or we can't put expectations upon them that they don't have for themselves. And I just think that there is a lot of motivation, internal motivation from Christian Kirk, one, to stay healthy and then be a part, a large part of this offense. And we're going to see him, though, playing hopefully maybe a little bit more outside wide receiver to where maybe that becomes his role or his spot in this offense. I, I mean, I got to think that A.J. Green on one side and Hop on the other, you know, Hop lined up on the left side 82% of the time last year. That was the most in the NFL since 2014. So I hope they move him around a little bit this year. But I think you're going to see Kirk and, and Rondell Moore in the slot. And then when they go four wide, they'll both be in the slot. And speaking of the receivers, A.J. Green, boy, does he look good in, in, in shorts and a helmet. 
He looks ready to play. He's thick. I mean, His lower torso is thick. Like you can see why he runs these routes. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm bullish on him. I just want to see what he can do with Kyler Murray. And you can see the the chemistry there. And we really won't know until they put the pads on. But I've been thoroughly impressed the way he uh, goes about his business. You can see he's focused on. Um, you know, obviously resurrecting his career considering what happened in Cincinnati. So I like that pickup and that we need to see it on game day. A.J. Green and the rest of the Arizona Cardinals. Bird Gang, the first opportunity to see this team in action or I should say in an open practice setting is this Friday. You can go to azcardinals.com for more information on how you can be a part of this 2020 Arizona Cardinals team as far as getting your first glimpse of what this team potentially has the opportunity to do this season because the expectations, MJ, are very, very high on this season, year three, for the head coach, Kyler Murray, and everyone else within this offense and this defense, and not to discount special teams, but there are a lot of eyes on this football team. Yeah, and my reference point was when he was in Tempe. Now here they they haven't gotten to their, their ramp-up period, so you've just seen him in, in shorts and everything else. But I, he was standing next to Key, uh, Keyshawn Johnson yesterday, Hopkins. Hopkins had his shirt off, and then you look at A.J. Green, I'm like, he's bigger than Hopkins. A little bit taller, longer legs, and then you look at Keyshawn Johnson, who, who's you know he's got good size himself. So it was impressive, just the size at that wide receiver position. We look at you know Christian Kirk and Larry always had good size, and Hopkins obviously can handle his own. But I, I like the size they have there, and on those fifty-fifty balls, it is going to be fun to watch. And of course, we'll be with you every step of the way here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. That's right, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox here at. State Farm Stadium is officially underway as we get closer and closer to the regular season. All right, MJ, what uh, we the, you mentioned the pads? They don't come on until next week, and just a couple of more practices uh, without the pads. And I know it's 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 no different really than OTAs and mandatory mini camp. You're not going to see anything different. But when those pads come on next week, next Tuesday is the first padded practice. Then all of a sudden, I think we'll really get to see the new additions, and then some of those familiar faces, just how much improvement, how much did they work in the offseason? Yeah, and, and normally the Cardinals will install you know, their offense in the offseason, and then when you get to camp, you reinstall, and then you, you know, I'm sure the coaches are already starting to look ahead a little bit when it comes to the, the Titans, or at least their first four games. You know, Over the next couple of days, where are guys lining up? You know, who's getting reps at certain positions and when it comes to the depth chart. Because, you know, I'm curious about this rookie class. I just don't think they're all going to make it. But, you know, the new additions, I want to see Malcolm Butler, how he practices. Everything you hear, he practices like he plays, and that's a good thing, right? And then you want to see some of these younger guys like Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan and, you know, Michael Minette. Uh, again, it's going to be tough for the back end of the rookie class to make the roster. At least they know we're going to be on the practice squad. But it's just more, you know, what kind of tempo they have. You know, is Kyler Murray, you know, are they running more of a different stuff when, when it comes to install? But it, right now you're just laying the groundwork. So it's more where guys are lining up and what kind of tempo they're using in practice. Quick roster update. The team waived defensive lineman Ryan B. via an injury waiver, according to the league's official transaction page. So now eight players in that D line room and safety Sean Williams placed on the active non-football injury list. He can practice once he's ready. It's one of those designations didn't pass his physical.
physical. So he'll be ready hopefully sooner rather than later. And maybe even by the time you listen to this podcast here as we come to you from Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. But uh, there is going to be a lot of roster movements even as we get into here during the course of training camp because we know general manager Steve Kahn, he's always looking on the back end, where can I get better at certain positions? Yeah, and it's just a matter of, you know, you're looking at the last couple guys at each position, I still anticipate maybe they're waiting for the preseason at another tight end. Um, they got some young guys who have some upside, but they're very raw after Max Williams and Darrell Daniels. So, yeah, you're always looking to get better. I mean, they added a corner the other day. Uh, when you start looking at, you know, just flooding the position, you know, when you when you look at the uh, the wide uh, the cornerback position now, they do have some experience back there. Daryl Worley is the cornerback, a five-year NFL veteran, 6'1", 210 pounds, 11 cornerbacks now in that room. Well, and then you got that guy's Denard, and you throw in Butler and Robert Alford and Byron Murphy. All of a sudden, you're not relying on rookies, even though I think Marco Wilson could be a special teams guy. We'll see what happens at every single position, and of course, we'll have it for you right here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.